now it is time for the absolute bubbliest podcast in the world, Beer Bubble! Hello, Robert. Hi. Welcome to your own town. Thank you. <laughs> Feels great to be here. <laughs> I am here visiting in Karlstad, Sweden, and I've just met up with Robert from Ten Hands Brewing. Why don't you start off with introducing yourself and who you are? Wow, who I am. Um, let's see. We started Ten Hands Brewing three and a half years ago, roughly. And before that, we've been involved in other craft beer brands. Uh, I did some beer blogging for a couple of years before that, and I started home brewing in 2002. So now in August, I think it will be 20 years since I started home brewing. Mm, that's a that's a long time, though. Yeah, that's a really long time. Um, <coughs> so what else? Um, I'm a computer engineer by trade. Work as a project manager by day. Have a couple of kids, and. 40 odd years old <laughs> so project manager by day and brewer by night <laughs> yeah something so like the, that the, the, the batman of beer <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so what, what made you start uh, home brewing in the first place well I think that I had a friend when I grew up uh, when we started drinking beer fairly early on since we're from the northern parts of Värmland where people enjoy alcoholic beverages as we could call it <laughs> uh, and he he bought uh, one of those kits to brew a, at home one of those cans i can't remember what it's called now but uh, of course it tastes like utter garbage Com- Probably. completely undrinkable so that way i had i had learned that home brewed beer wasn't good based on that one experience more or less um, so Later on in life, when I started working at a place, I, I happened to have a colleague who had been brewing home for a couple of couple of years, I think, and he he wanted to give me one of the bottles of the of a beer he made, and uh, I, of course I had to accept because he was a good friend. But I knew I already knew that it would be undrinkable because I had learned this years a long time ago, basically. So. But the interesting thing was that I was completely wrong. The beer he gave me was its not only drinkable, but it's also very good. Hmm. So that got me interested in home brewing because all of a sudden I realized that the beer could actually be good and when you made it for real. Yeah, and this was 20 years ago. Yeah, basically. that was 2002. 2002, and that was still macro brew, macro beer time. I mean, yeah, of the course. crop beer scene wasn't that big. So, yeah. did you brew lagers or was it stouts? No, or no, it's, it's ale, mostly ale pale ale, ale. Uh, maybe some lower ABV uh, IPAs around 6% or something, but mm-hmm. mostly 5, 5.5% pale ales. Yeah, so we started brewing beer together, me and Magnus, and then we, we kind of felt that it was was a fun enough hobby that we wanted to do it more um, so actually we entered a beer into the home brewers SM here in Sweden and then it was kind of a slippery slope from there mm. 
Um, but as you say, it was ma- macro time still in Sweden, so we didn't really know anything at all about craft beer. That was later on. Yeah, that kind of exploded. <coughs> and yeah, something happened. Yes, <laughs> all of a something happened. I don't know what. So, fast forward, that 18 years later, you started Ten Hands Brewing. Yeah. And Magnus is a part of that? No, no, no. Uh, no. no. Uh, he's, um, he's still a good friend, and we actually still work together. Um, mm. But uh, he, he stopped home brewing a long time ago because of lack of time. And he has a lot of kids <laughs> <laughs> eating up whatever time he has. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I, I guess that's the, the usual struggle, just fitting everything you want to do into one day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we started Tenants Brewing in 2018. November 7th, so we are three and a half years old soon. Mm. Um, we released our first beer uh, three years ago, and I don't remember the exact date, but three years ago. What kind of beer did you release? Uh, the uh, first one? Hazy IPA. Hazy it's IPA. called Firstborn. Firstborn, All right. Yeah, and, and we mostly focus on hazy IPAs because... It's a style that we feel that we know how to do well, uh, mm-hmm. and we enjoy the beer ourselves, of course. And then, of course, strategically, it's it's a good good style to brew because it's easy to sell. A lot of people wants to, wants to buy that style of beer. Yeah, it's trendy right now. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, it, and it has been trendy for quite some time. Yeah, it's that that trend is uh, <coughs> is holding on for for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, do you do you make your hazy with with uh, uh, like a, a traditional sense or more the modern user sense i i think we're probably towards more of the modern sense of it mm. uh but we have made some hybrids between west coast uh, mm. and new england styles as well but um i, I think we're more towards the the juicier side and the the modern side of it all all right yeah and then other than hazy's i've seen a lot of lacto fermented as well are you doing any styles porters as well or yeah yeah. yeah, we do a couple of, we have done a couple. Uh, our first stout ever was called Darkness. And then we barrel aged it as well in two different types mm. of barrels. We did a whiskey barrel aged Darkness uh, that was super small batch. And then we did uh, 400 liters of mead barrel aged Darkness that we did as a collaboration mm-hmm. with uh, Satipaya. All right. So Timo had used the barrels. They were first filled bourbon barrels that he had used to, to uh, barrel age. I think it was Mead Me. Mm-hmm. So it's a berry mead. And then we took over those barrels and we, we aged our stout on it. So we just released that actually at Systembolaget recently. Um, mm. It sold out very quickly. I was just about to ask, is this still there? Because <laughs> I've never tried a mead barrel aged beer. Yeah, no, I don't think a lot of people had done it when we when we did it. I, I kind of googled it and looked it untapped. And I could only find one other instance out there of mm. a mead barrel aged beer. Yeah. We had no idea if it would work or, or not, but I think it came out really nice. Well, tell me if you do it again. because <laughs> We would love to do it again. The problem is that there's not, not a lot of mead barrels <laughs> to get <laughs> out there. Uh, but T- Timo is, is, of course, barrel-aging a lot of his mead, so we're just waiting for him to, to give us more barrels, right. more or less. We, nice. we are barrel-aging, barrel-aging another stout at the moment, but mm. it's on high-coast whiskey barrels. Okay. Okay. So we're nice. doing that as a collaboration with High Coast Whiskey. All right. Nice. So, so the stouts and porters are or stouts are more focused on the barrel aging process. Not really. Than, no? uh, we we have done more 
more stouts that are non-barrel aged than we have done that are barrel aged. Okay. And some are just plain stouts and some have been with adjuncts. Mm. Uh, for our second anniversary, we did, we did a stout called uh, Black Celebration. Mm. Of course, since it's black and we turn two, so it's a celebration and <laughs> we love the Pesh mode. So Black Celebration just made sense. Mm. Uh, and in that one we had uh, let's see we had we used uh, Madagascar vanilla we used cocoa nibs from I can't remember where and we used a lot of uh, coconut mm. so more of the pastry or not still, a, still dry st- still dry-ish mm. not sticky pastry we just did our first real pastry stout mm. uh, called Scarecrow uh, which is releasing now in April, actually, mm-hmm. at Systema Lagot. That's really sweet and sticky and tastes, <laughs> tastes a lot like dried fruits and raisins and stuff. All right. Well, they, <coughs> they had their place. I think pastry stouts are, are, can be nice, but it's often a sharing bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me personally, at least. It's, I agree. They, they can be very heavy. Yeah. So, Ten Hands Brewing, who are you guys, like the rest of the guys that are with you? Or girls we are, we are actually now we are six mm-hmm. uh, we were five founders uh, and one of the uh, one of the founders uh, has dropped out and two other has joined so we're mm-hmm. six people today and uh, and none of us do this as our main work so mm-hmm. it's just a super expensive hobby <laughs> <laughs> super expensive long hours and your back will ache every yeah. day <laughs> Well, it's 95 percent it being a janitor. Yeah, more <laughs> or less, cleaning stuff, carrying stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah so, but but I think that the the mix, the mix of people we have in in our owner group is is kind of nice because it's me and me and Johan. Johan is our head brewer, and it's more or less we that know know things about beer. Mm. Uh, we have another another guy that's an old. Let's see, he's he's retired, but he's. He has been managing companies for for ages, more or less. Mm-hmm. So he knows a lot a lot of stuff about running a company um, and financing and stuff like that. And we have one guy that it's uh, he's an electrician, and we have another guy that kind of works with machines and stuff. All right. So it's a good and we have a microbiologist as well. Oh, yeah, it's, nice. Yeah, it's a super lucky combination because if peop- if stuff stuff happens like it usually does then mm. we it's only a call away that we can get help that is really perfect so where where do you brew now we currently brew at Värmlands Brygghus in Kristnehamn mm. um, we own our own fermentation tanks and we own our own canning line and stuff like that so we only rent the the pot more or less yeah <laughs> and we do everything ourselves of course we we invent the names we do the recipes we brew the actual beer ourselves we package it package it sell it etc so we're just renting the the pot as it were the place are there any plans (coughs) of uh, moving into an own uh, getting an own brewery or i think that that would be cool sometime in the future but uh, it's not not yet decided on Mm. if and when and how that will happen but it could it could be interesting of course well, Vermont's biggest. I've never been there, but I think I heard it's quite large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's quite large, it, and they have a fantastic uh, brew kit. It's mm. called Rolex. Mm. So g- German engineering, <laughs> super expensive, and of course, very, very works very well. Uh, when we started the brand, we were at another place and brewed there, but we didn't feel that the equipment there could mm. couldn't produce the the quality of beer that we needed to produce. 
so we had to had to look around and move. And, and then uh, Värmlands Brygghus, as I said, they have a fantastic brew kit, so it was a perfect fit. Well, that's perfect. What's the story behind the name? The name Ten Hands Brewing? Yeah. Well, actually, when we started this, we had no idea what we were what we wanted to call ourselves so after a couple of months of going back and forth we had a name that we loved and i can't even remember what the name was today uh, but we loved it and we th- thought that it was perfect so we tried to register it at uh, Pat- patent och registreringsverket but it's we found out then that there was i think it was a wine importer or something like that in bulgaria that uh-huh. had the same name And since wine and beer are too close to each other in that list of codes they use mm. at PRV, uh, then we couldn't have the name. So we had to just scrap that and start over. And then half a year later, we, we managed to come up with Tenants Brewing after long, long, long sessions of just <laughs> mangling names. And the name itself, of course, came from that. We were five founders and mm. everybody just happened to have two hands each. So yeah. <laughs> Tenants. It's not. It's a very psycho, psychedelic logo. Yeah, the logo is super psychedelic, and and we we actually, that's also just a piece of, a, a bit of luck more or less mm-hmm. because we, we didn't know what we were, what we wanted to look like. Uh, so, Johan, our head brewer, he has a friend that is an artist here in in, in town. So we asked him for help. Could he just mm. give us a couple of options? So he drew a couple of things himself, and then he looked around the internet and stuff just to see what kind of style we were interested mm. in. And then he ha- he actually found our logo, uh, which mm-hmm. which I named Mr. Fingers, for obvious reasons. Uh, he found it on a site uh, somewhere on the internet where artists could just draw whatever they like, put it up, mm. and, and see if, if someone wanted to buy it. Uh, and, and we felt that this was perfect for what we wanted to do. Hmm. So I contacted the artist itself, uh, the artist. Uh, her name is Violetta. Uh, mm-hmm. And until recently, she she lived in Kiev in the Ukraine. Oh. And I contacted her and said that we wanted to buy this uh, if she hadn't sold it already to someone else. Mm. And she hadn't, so we bought it. And then I asked if she would be interested in working with us uh, permanently for making cans and art all right so she's the one behind all the <coughs> arts on the can yeah so violetta has been with us since before we were even a company uh mm-hmm. and she has done everything graphics all, all the graphics and art for us yeah that mis- mr fingers <laughs> gif on the website is a bit <laughs> it's a bit weird <laughs> it's a bit weird <laughs> but it's her style she she yeah. loves the psychedelic stuff and and we felt that it's perfect for us and one of the absolute goals that i had with with art for the cans and stuff was that i would love it if if you as a customer had already seen three or four or five of our mm. of our cans for example and then when you go into a bar or systembolaget and you see a new can from us yeah. even if you don't know that it's from us you should be able to recognize it from a couple of meters away yeah it's recognizable like uh, i mean Amundsen has very recognizable yeah. Omnipolo, of Omnipoyo. course. Steve Bennett's quite yeah. a few. Some yeah. of them are different now. The, their new Earl is very, <laughs> very, very different. It's very different, but there are some brewers that have a very Fricken, Vesentvixbergeri. Yeah, uh, and that's, I think that's a very good thing to have because yeah, I wanted the art to be every can or every tap sign should be original. It shouldn't mm. feel it shouldn't feel like it's boring and just more of the same. So mm. every every piece of art should be completely new and stand by its own. 
but we wanted it to be recognizable anyway, kind of like Omnipolo does. Everything just looks mm. super different, but you can see you can see that it's by the same artist anyway. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing every time, but different. Yeah, basically. so that was just pure luck. Pure luck and happenstance that we found her on the internet, and we're still working with her. All but right. now, now she's currently in Poland, of course, due to the war. Yeah. Hmm. But she's still working with you. Yeah, even she's still working with us. Uh, she she nice. felt that she she still wanted to do that, even though she's running away from the war, and stuff like that. So that's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. But you guys do a lot of collabs, right? I've seen a quite quite a few. Yeah, I'm not sure if we do a lot, but we we feel that they are super fun to do. Yeah. Um, or maybe I just read them all in the same way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one after the Maybe we we've done. I think we've done two so far this year uh, with Benchwarmers and Akia Brygghus. Uh Last year we did with 18th Street Brewery from from USA. We mm. did with Recycle Brewing from USA. Uh, we did with Sudden Death Brewing from Germany, uh, and a couple more. Mm. So we try to do. As many as, as as we can, because it's it's always a fun thing to do to share experiences and mm. just talk about beer, drink beer, eat pizza, and learn from each other, and learn from each other. That's, that's the most <coughs> important thing in our business. And yeah, I, I think so. I think that's the golden thing in in the business of beer is that almost everybody, ninety five, ninety nine percent, are very open to yeah. to sharing their own uh, knowledge and experiences in in the business, which is which is great. Which yeah, and it's 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 kind of unique. I haven't seen this in any other business at all. But no. the craft beer feels super open, and I think that's why a lot of people want to get in in, in it yeah. somehow. I, I mean, either I by s- blogging or just visiting ve- festivals or starting your own brewery. Exactly. I started off going uh, educating to become a sommelier, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons I uh, chose not to. Is <laughs> 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 the I didn't feel the the warmth and connection between the people around it in the same way of course there's very very nice people in the wine world as well but the overall of it is, it's not like that it's many secrecy you know this, yeah. this is our wine or this is my place or my product or something like that so the beer world is much more open which is I think why we love it yeah yeah I agree that's that's the the whole reason that I was interested in getting involved in it also mm. and it's just super fun so just going to festivals hanging with your beer friends Yeah, meeting new people, talking about beer, and just enjoying beer. Feeling bad the day after. <laughs> That's that might happen. <laughs> I'm getting a phone call from CC right now, but we have to wait. <laughs> Clicking him off. And you do quite a lot of tap takeovers as well. I've seen you were at Lodon recently, right? Uh, yeah, on, on, on Friday, a couple of days ago, I was in Borås at Billiard and Bar, uh, and the Friday before that, I was at Lådan in Stockholm, where we did our biggest tap takeover yet. We had 18 beers on tap at the same time, so that was cool. Um, a lot of There was a lot of people there, and people seemed to enjoy our beer. Yeah, uh, I, I planned to go, but I was sadly working. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of beers actually run out, ran out oh. during the same evening, so that's always fun. That's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good t- thing. Yeah, we try to do a, a tap takeovers when we have the possibility to do so. Of course, since we're doing other work things during the work week, uh, it's not always possible to take a day off from work to, mm. to go and do a tap takeover, but we do it when we can. Uh, we think that it's uh, both... It's a very fun thing to do, but also, of course, business-wise, it makes sense to to be seen. Mm. Get yourself out there and, and yeah, exactly. show, showing off what you do. I think our mutual friend, uh, Mr. B, was 
was there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's uh, he's uh, the bar manager at Mikeller Södermalm right now, and we used to work together at Guld Open here in Karlstad, which I think I've served you beer before. <laughs> I'm sure you have, <laughs> <laughs> probably have. <laughs> so I, I remember Robert from from ages ago, but you know, yeah, time flies, as you time say. Time f- surely flies. So, is there any any f- future plans for Ten Hands that uh, that's in the works right now, and and what's what's up with the future? There are plans. Uh, some that I can't really talk about mm. currently, but when when it is time, we will tell everybody, of course. But we're trying to just work along. We have a lot of cool festivals coming up that we're invited to. We're invited back to MBCC in Copenhagen, mm. for example. We, we did our first year there in October of last year. So we're going back now in the middle of May. And then we have Bruskeval, of course, coming up in August. We have uh, Two Worlds first festival mm. in also in August. All in Beer Fest in Stockholm right. in June, for example. So there's a lot of festivals happening now. I think that a lot of people have been waiting for it. So, oh yeah, it's just exploding festivals everywhere. But <laughs> I mean, this the the beer and whiskey festival did happen last summer. I think yeah, or last time it happened. Last summer, I think it happened. And they just and everybody was just stressing out, and as many as possible could came, but you mm. know the, the the biggest ordinary ones wasn't there. It was it was weird, but it's it's fun, and hope I hope to see that the festival's getting back now because yep. it, it would be great to go talking to to people and drink beer again. Yeah, of course, <laughs> everybody uh, around. Yeah, I think there will be there won't be a shortage of beer festivals this year. That's for sure. <laughs> no, not at all. And I think uh, now when people have been off it for a while <laughs> yeah. they're, they're dying to get back yeah, of they course. really are they really are I have one last question for you sure. which is the podcast golden question <laughs> you're about to die right now oh uh, excellent finally <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, you can have one more beer and it can be whatever you want whatever you want still in production or not yes go wow that's super hard I, I guess to just make a call back to why I'm really here um, I, I would probably then choose no, I wouldn't. I, w- I wouldn't choose that. I, I wish that I would choose that, but I, I was going to say Sierra Nevada Pale Ale because that's actually the beer that got me started. That was the eye-opener mm. beer for me that made me realize that there were other beers out there besides Macro Lager, Guinness, and Newcastle Brown Ale, <laughs> which was more or less the three three beers that you could have earlier. <laughs> Uh, so that was the beer that kind of destroyed me and made me go into this. Uh, so, of course, that would be the poetic and romantic thing to say, but it's, it's kind of a boring beer when you drink it now. Important but boring. So let's go with um, a fresh Rosé de Gambrinus, perhaps, from Cantillon. Nice. Just super raspberry forward and always great. That's a really good beer. Yeah, I love it. It's really nice. And also fairly easy to get a hold of. Yeah, it All is. things considering. Yeah, we always have it in the fridge at Akarat. Yeah. <laughs> Big and small bottle. It's a really good one. Cantillon overall is, is it's yeah, of fantastic. Course. Yeah, I agree. But but I think it's it's one of the best, mm. best ones. I agree. Well, we're up to about 25 minutes and it's awesome. been wonderful to meeting you. And I hope to see you again at Bruskeval and hopefully All in, Bru- All in Brunefest. I in will be Stockholm. there. I will probably be too. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye, Robert. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.